Hello everyone and a very warm welcome to episode 196 of Level Up, 60 minutes of live Q&A where your questions drive the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, please give this video a like and subscribe to our channel. It's free to do and really help others find our content. Also, please take a moment to sign yourself up to join our community and receive personalised weekly updates. Just follow the link below. Adriana is in the social chat, so please say hello and let her know your name and the city you're joining from. Adriana will post a link to vote up the questions that you'd most like answered and, of course, for you to add your own questions. If your question is selected, your name will appear in the credits at the end of the show. So get yours in early and stay with us to see that happen. Today's show is all about building your career in project management. A career in project management offers a rewarding path for those who enjoy seeing their efforts translate into tangible results. And the demand for project managers ex is expected to grow significantly in the future as businesses increasingly, sorry, increasingly rely on effective project management to drive innovation and navigate complex, evolving landscapes. So whether you're just getting started in the world of project management or you're wondering how to move to the next level, we are here to help. Our panel today brings a wealth of experience in this area, so let's jump in and meet them. So first up, we have Nick Dobson. Uh, Nick is a principal consultant with CITI Limited, consulting with and educating senior project program and portfolio managers and their sponsors, has been at the heart of Nick's role for over the last 25 years. Assisting multinational corporations with the design and implementation of program portfolios has been an integral part of this. Latterly, an interest in improving on Moscow prioritization as a way of modeling corporate portfolios has led to work on Efficient Frontier as a mechanism to determine the optimum portfolio. Welcome back to today's panel, Nick. Thanks very much, Ellie, and, and what a pleasure to be here. I mean, it's it's something that's the bedrock of, of my company, CITI's um, uh, product offerings in terms of how do you evolve a career from a, an inexperienced intuitive project manager to a really good judgmental project manager. And I'm looking forward to an interesting discussion on that. Thanks, Nick. Great to have you with us. So up next, we have John Miller. John is a project management assessor and coach for Leeds City College. Yeah. John currently coaches apprentices studying for a variety of business qualifications, including project management. Before retraining as a business teacher and further education, John worked for almost 40 years in the UK civil service in a variety of policy and delivery roles, mainly covering business support and regeneration programs. Thank you for joining us, John. Pleasure to be here, Ali. Uh, greetings from a very stormy and wet Yorkshire. Um, I know that a lot of the questions come in will be really interesting and stretch us as a panel. So looking forward to this session coming up. Indeed they will, I'm sure. So also returning to today's panel is uh, Luca Gambetti. Um, after over 20 years spent in many roles in information technology industry, Luca decided to start his own company, Equality Italia, whose purpose is to have a positive impact on Italian organizations by training and coaching their leaders. Luca is the only Italian coach for the Getting Things Done methodology and is one of the few accredited trainers in Italy for business relationships. Luca's proudest achievement um, is the reputation of his small company, both in Italy and abroad. Great to have you with us again, Luca. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Ellie, for the introduction. I'm very happy to be here. Project management is well, it was the beginning of my career, my first uh, 20 years of career. So I am very happy to talk about my experiences as a project manager and as a trainer. 
We're very happy to have you. Thanks, Lika. Um, today, we also welcome back Richard Campbell to the panel. Richard is a director and product engagement lead at the Agile Business Consortium. Richard is responsible for developing and delivering the Agile Business Consortium's portfolio of products that advance business agility. And as the professional body for business agility, the consortium's products help individuals grow their competence in the application of agile principles. Richard has spent his career working in the advanced technology sector in a mix of commercial and product management roles in the communications, defense, finance and transportation sectors. It's great to have you with us, Richard. Thanks, Ellie. I'm looking forward to the discussion. Clearly, my focus is going to be about the business agility aspects of project management. So I'll be coming at it looking about, well, what are the big changes? Um, what does a project manager have to do to be more agile or to work in agile style environments? So a great area, and I'm looking forward to interacting with the rest of the crew here. Very good. Marvellous. Thanks, Richard. So then, completing our panel for today is Sean Ferguson. Sean is a co-founder and owner of Navari Consulting, an international program and project management company that provide a unique blend of training and consultancy with an emphasis on bespoke support for large global clients. Sean leads the training practice at Navari, working with clients to design training programs that support project managers from their early career right through to the most senior roles. Welcome, Sean. Thanks so much, Ellie, and hi, everybody. It's great to be here today. Um, yes, I'm really looking forward to um, the discussion and also um, to explaining a bit about our experience where we have helped project managers from the very early start in their careers right up to most senior roles. So it's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. What a great panel. And our question master for today is Charlotte Miller, who's joining us from the Thames Valley. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Ali. Very much looking forward to this um, episode today, live event, and asking all of our live viewers uh, questions that they will submit to our panel. Thank you. Um, so, maybe have our first question then, please, Charlotte. You certainly can. Put my teeth in, it's catching. <laughs> uh, question is from Jenny. Jenny asks, what are the most important competencies required to be an effective project manager? Okay, great question. Thanks, Jenny. So we're going to start this one off with Richard and then we'll hear from Sean, please. Thank you very much. Well, Whenever I think about project management and as it impacts uh, business agility, usually coming into a situation where the, the project domain is faced with huge amounts of volatility or uncertainty and these characteristics, not dealing necessarily anymore with steady state project management. So the big competencies need to be a set of tools in your armory to know with how to handle this uncertainty the inability to roll out a project and plan it up front rather than be able to do take little steps forward learn from that and move on to the next stage of the project and move forward in that way so it's knowing how to apply your general project management abilities to a learning experimenting and adapting style of working yeah and that's really great advice thank you um richard sean your thoughts please I think building on what Richard has already said, um, I think that some of the most important competencies that we 
should really work hard to develop are some of our people-centered competencies. And we've just started a big training program with um, a client who reached out to all of their project management community to ask for the top competencies that they would like to see the training encourage. And I don't think you'd be surprised to hear that most of those were around people-based competencies, personal communication, not making a communication plan, but actually communicating. How do you communicate? How do you vary your communication styles and um, methods to reach out to all your stakeholders? And then also one of the things that was discussed is not letting um, things fester. You have to get things done. So it's being resourceful and um, resilient. And very much as, as Richard has already said, you just have to be able to cope with uncertainty that is the, the reality of 2024 and where we all are today. So it's a great question. So I think um, it's not just the technical competencies. It's very much the personal and uh, leadership competencies that should be worked on. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think we recently ran a poll on our LinkedIn page on APMG International asking for um, the most important superpower a project manager could have. And effective communication came out on top by quite a way, actually. So, uh, yeah, I completely concur with that one. Nick, um, can we have your thoughts on this one, please? Absolutely. I'm delighted. I'd echo the sentiments that are two previously, but I'd, I'd Take it one step further in terms of we're talking about the development of your career in, in project management. And it won't be a great surprise, but it's worth thinking about that different competencies are required at different stages in your professional development. So, for example, you know, as, as Sean's just suggested, people skills are crucial and they are crucial throughout your career, but they become more pertinent when you get involved in the more complex projects that Richard alluded to deeper into your career when you're interested with larger and more complex initiatives. In, in the earlier stages, you might find understanding of technical competencies is more fruitful for you in developing your career and broadening your experience before you move into the more complex world. So, wouldn't refute anything that's already been said, but would say, examine where you are in your career if you want to focus your development on relevant competencies. Yeah, brilliant. That's super helpful advice. Um, Luca, can you uh, finish us off on this one, please? Uh, yes, I agree with uh, all uh, my colleagues said before, especially on leadership and people competencies. But I would like to add facilitation as a specific skill. As a project manager, you probably um, will not have uh, all the competencies needed to, uh, uh, to complete the project. So you need the collaboration of others and you need to put others uh, around the table working together and bringing up something all together. So facilitation is my uh, choice for a, a competence for a project manager. Thanks, panel. That's a wonderfully broad um, set of competencies for people to look at. Let's take a look at some of our audience who are watching us now. Um, so hello, um, Demalde watching from Bournemouth. Nice to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. And Satichra, watching from Bangalore, nice to have you um, online with us today. And Rawaz, um, thank you for joining us from here in the UK. It's great to have our live audience with you. Please do um, get your questions in um, uh, in the comments on the show and we'll get them to our panel as soon as possible for you. And thanks, Ali. Okay. The, the next question. Okay is from Paul Bower. What's the best advice you can give to someone starting out in their project management career? 
Oh, great question, Paul. Thank you very much. Wow, full panel, <laughs> almost, <laughs> wanting to answer this one. Okay, well, John, you can start us off, please, and then we'll go to Luca. I think most of all is is have fun and, and do projects that interest you in your life outside of work. So if you're into sports or environmental conservation or uh, hmm, anything that to, to give you a chance to work with a group of people on a commonly agreed project, gives you a bit of confidence to take back to work and tackle projects at work. That's me, yeah, I think. Thank you, John. Yeah, lovely. Thanks very much for that. Luca, your thoughts for Paul, please. Okay, at the beginning of your career, probably you should have to uh, learn a lot. And my two suggestions here, uh, here would be find a great mentor and uh, try to look at everything is happening around you. I mean, also in personal life as a project and try to uh, imagine what you will do to bring forward this project. So train your mind to think in project terms and look some experienced people doing the same. Yeah, great advice. And finding a mentor is definitely an excellent way to um, start your career. Nick, um, your thoughts for us on this one, please. Yeah, I mean, again, good advice on all parts, but one of the things that I find um, is helpful to people that I tend to coach and mentor is, Take an early interest and an active, proactive interest in continuous professional development. Get into the habit of plotting where you need experiences, what trajectory you want your development to move on, and looking for opportunities to exploit those, and reflecting on those experiences to contribute to your own development. And so finding yourself a framework around the basis of your continual professional development is probably the soundest advice I would give somebody just starting out at the beginning of their career. Yeah, brilliant advice. Thank you. And uh, Richard, your thoughts, please. Yeah, I pick up a couple of points, both that Nick and uh, John, first of all, uh, alluded to. So um, when you, you're starting out on your career and you're trying to establish your first foray into project management, think about it more in terms of leadership than management per se. You know, there's some cliches associated with the idea of a project manager is someone who sort of manages, tells what other people what to do. But actually, the skill that's really needed, um, and, and I think Sean sort of brought that up in the previous questions, very much softer skills around relating to people and reaching out to them and building relationships based on understanding, providing moral support. And effectively, you are taking leadership under your own responsibility. You're picking up responsibility for leadership and that will lead you naturally into a project management role because you are you become more of a people person people can relate to you people go to you for advice and for assistance for guidance and these are such critical skills the earlier you develop in your career the better yeah brilliant advice thank you richard sean just close us out on this one please I think my colleagues have given some really good tips here and I'd like to echo that. So I'd go back to um, building those technical competencies. You have to have those, but then don't forget the people. Relationships and engagement, what will hopefully be a really long and successful career, are going to support you all the way through. Um, we have, we work with people who've been our clients. They, they sometimes come to work for us as consultants. People's careers move and change. So be open to all the opportunities that you're offered and 
Above all, you have to own your career. Nobody else is going to do it for you. So be proactive and um, establish what you want to do and set out those goals. And I'm sure you'll be really successful. Lovely. Thanks, Sean. So we have live questions stacking up um, from our, our audience. So viewers, while you're watching us, if you um, would like to join the panel and be an expert yourself, don't forget to register. There will be a link in the comments for you to register to join the show. But Charlotte, please, can you come back and give us another question, please? And, um, Ali, our next question, um, we've got two people that have asked these questions, this question, but the first person um, is Joyce. And Joyce has asked, having been a project manager for years, how does one move into a more senior role and what possible career options could one consider? Okay, great question. Thanks, Joyce. Nick, um, if you could start us off, please, and then Sean. Yeah, well, Joyce, what a privileged position that the world is your oyster. And I think it really does come down to a question of what your own aspirations are, because uh, in a senior project management role, one of the obvious evolutions would be to start thinking about program management, where the challenges become more complex, leaning more heavily on the, the personal skills and interpersonal skills, as, as Sean suggested, because the complexity will be around the stakeholder community and the lack of forward vision um, and perhaps some of the agile approaches. But at the same time, portfolios become become a, a, a rich area for development opportunities. Or if you're minded, the support roles, taking a lead in a PMO, particular guidance or partner PMO rather than a simple control PMO might be a career option for you. Um, and it's rare that project managers will gravitate directly into sponsorship, but you're reaching that level of seniority where you have a right to expect some sort of um, financial responsibility that could lead to sponsorship. So. I mean, it, it, it's almost an embarrassment of riches. My advice is examine what you enjoy doing and where you feel you're going to mo add most value and further your career in a way that's sympathetic to your values and pursue that. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Nick. A plethora of options for, for Joyce there. Sean, what's your advice for Joyce? So I think that Nick has really explained it very clearly there, but Program and portfolio management are clear directions that you could go for. Um, it, but it is then about understanding and, and thinking, do you like to think about that longer term vision and the strategic end gains? Or do you prefer to be delivering shorter, faster, maybe more agile projects? So it comes down to your thoughts and processes. But we've seen some of the more senior portfolio managers that we work with um, going on to be things like communications directors for, for businesses or establishing whole new career structures um, for it within the business that, uh, that they've been lucky enough to work with. So I think having those project management skills, Joyce, is going to stand you in great stead. And I think think carefully about what you want and use that as your next stepping board. Lovely. Thanks, um, Sean. Luca, uh, finish us off on this one, please. Well, uh, first of all, looking at my personal experience, uh, I decided uh, after being a project manager to start my own company. That uh, could be a problem because I still have the mentality of a project manager uh, and, and maybe a little less of the mentality of an administrator. But apart of, from that, uh, uh, you could also consider moving into the business relationship management area in which you will work on why the business is doing things and, and not how the business is doing things. That could be also very interesting. Yeah, that's a really good advice. Thank you, Luca. Um, Charlotte, please join us again for um, another question. 
Thanks, Ali. Um, another question from Joyce. And Joyce asks, in what ways can you self-evaluate your personal competencies to know whether, you, whether or not you should move into more senior roles? What a great um, follow-up question, Joyce. They've given you a plethora of options. Now we, uh, now we want to know which one's right for you. So panel, any advice for Joyce on uh, evaluating personal competencies? Okay, Richard, we'll go to you for this one. Thank you. Yes, not a problem. I was th thinking about this as thinking self-evaluation is rather more difficult, but um, I would, I our, um, the, the Agile Business Consortium encourages um, our professionals to do continuous professional development. And in the process of moving up through the stages of, we have a competence framework, for instance, that moves through five distinct levels, and we help the individual gauge where they are in their current competence and skill sets and make, give some, some advice as to which directions they could go in, given this is where they are at the moment. Now, I'm sure you can do that yourself, but it's taken us a lot of effort to get us to a position where we can provide this as generic advice. And I'm sure there are numerous self-help books that might help you go in that route, but I would go towards an organization that's thought about it a bit and maybe can provide you rather more specialized service. Yeah, that's really great advice. Thank you. Nick, your thoughts for Joyce, please. I think I'm just about to echo Richard's sentiments. I mean, um, many organisations do project management capability assessments as part of their suite of offerings, um, which are relatively inexpensive to access. And as, as Richard rightly suggests, specialists who've thought about the topic and can ask the right sort of questions. And again, CIT, my own organisation is one of those. But rather than make this a sales effort, I think you're saying, what can you personally do about this? And some of this is around the emotional intelligence and, and the, the soft skills that Sean already pointed towards, critically evaluating your own performance against a set of parameters that would be important, for example, the APM's competencies, and scoring yourself, and perhaps even arranging a 365-degree assessment with a colleague to score you against the same competencies might give you a clue as to where you are strong and where you could advance and, and what might need development. But um, th there is a short internet web without stating the blindingly obvious search would would probably yield some good results in terms of how to assess yourself thanks brilliant thanks nick and thanks joyce wonderful questions and it's great to have you watching us charlotte um please can we invite you back for another question they can ellie <laughs> our next question is from a live viewer jonathan lyles can you discuss leadership competency competencies and strategies from a non-project management point of view and provide advice on transitioning, transitioning into a project manager role? Okay, yeah, it's got sort of two questions in there, Jonathan, but that's okay. We can put them both to the panel at the same time. Um, so we'll start with Sean on this one and then go to Richard, please. Yep, that was a sneaky way of doing things, Jonathan, to get the two questions in for the price of one. So um, one of the qualifications that we certify in is from the IPMA, and they have a competence framework of 28 for project managers and 29 for program and portfolio managers set of competencies, of which, believe it or not, 10 are around the personal competency sets. So some of those will be quite um, familiar to you, but it's around things like um, self uh, 
self-management, um, self-reflection, personal communications, relationships and engagement, all of which you might have already had training on already. But then if you're thinking about using those transition into a PM role, then if in your organization there's a project management office, sometimes those can be great starting points for project management careers. So um, if you've already had some of the leadership trainings, then try to pick up some of the technical trainings, perhaps by taking um, a practice, practice foundation or agile foundation, or indeed the APM's project fundamentals qualification and thinking about a PMO role, which might give you that stepping stone into project management. Yeah, great advice. Thanks, Sean. Richard, your view, please. <clears throat> yeah, I thought that, that Sean's um, coverage there was extremely good. It, it, there are so many different subjects which you can go into which aren't specific to project management that you would have picked up in general leadership or general management roles. But I think. Um, the biggest thing that you can always do is to go down, we've already mentioned the emotional intelligence aspects of, of roles in this area that, that do naturally transition from general leadership into project management. So developing your own level of self-awareness and awareness of others and being able then to learn, if you can, about how you can understand others and then lead into influencing them. These are skills which you can definitely transfer from general management into project management. And I think mastery in that sort of space probably is the best single thing that you can do as a project manager, or if you're heading in the direction of a project management role. Yeah, thanks so much, Richard. John, your thoughts, please. Yeah. Um worth just volunteering to support an existing project manager in your organization that will give you some idea about what project management is all about and all the sort of tweaks and the modules and the things that are part of a professional training program for a project manager and perhaps asking to shadow certain specialist functions in your organization like procurement finance i think would also help Thanks, John. That's brilliant. Luca, can you just close us off on this one for Jonathan, please? Yes, very, very quickly. The, the, the biggest uh, difficulty I had in assuming, in assuming a leadership role was to become a leader of myself. I mean, leadership is a service. Uh, it is difficult to be a leader. So first of all, you should become a leader of yourself, asking yourself why you want to step on a leadership position. This uh, kind of reflection for me was uh, invaluable in uh, taking a leadership position in a project manager or not role. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Luca. Um, great advice there, Jonathan. I hope that was helpful for you. And um, Charlotte, please, can you come back and uh, give us our next question for the panel? <laughs> Yes, Ellie, we've got a, a live question from Dr. Roz, sorry, Roas Ahmed. How can I be effective communication to be a good manager in the role? Okay, so uh, panel, um, I think what we're talking about is, is how can we effectively communicate um, to be a good manager in the role? Um, uh, Nick, we'll go to you, please, and then Sean. Uh, 
Rabbi, it's what, what a good question, and, and it's already been raised as one of the key competencies for effective project managers. Indeed, effective managers and leaders is, is the ability to communicate effectively. And, and there is no shortage of help out there or organizations that will try and teach you communication models and modes. I think the most helpful single piece of advice in, in terms of communication is, is what is called the 200% rule. You take, because you are the person initiating the communication, 100% responsibility for the message getting to the recipient. But you also take a further 100% responsibility for their reaction to that communication. And it is the feedback loop that is vital in all communications. If the communication doesn't get the feedback you required, the action you wanted undertaken or the response you needed, that remains your problem. If you lock that into your psyche about how you communicate and use the full spectrum of communication mechanisms, you know, not just speech and written language, but intonation, tonality, nonverbal communications, um, body language, and exploit that range for remembering that 200% rule, you won't go too far wrong. But um, it really is a big discipline and, and well worth some further study. Yeah, great advice. Thanks. Um- Nick, Sean, we'll come to you next, please. I absolutely love that answer from Nick. It was really, really good advice. But I think then building on that, Nick talked about the feedback. So one of the most important skills to have as a, as a communicator is to be able to listen as well. And we certainly probably all train that in our training courses. So really listen to what is coming back to you and um, then either vary your approach or try different means of communication if the message is not getting across to people in the way that you want it to. So listening actively seeking out feedback and trying different channels of communication and remembering that not everybody likes to be communicated with in the same ways perhaps you do. We all have different preferences. Some people like to reflect and read. Some people like the engagement of face-to-face. So remember that everybody has different uh, styles and uh, approaches. And if you're even thinking about it, uh, Dr. Rowe, as you're clearly doing a great job already. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, John, uh, just close us off on this one, please. Sure. I think if you're preparing for an important communication, I think it's really important to prepare for it properly uh, and understand where that person's coming from. And most importantly of all, aim for a win-win outcome to this communication that you're planning because so many managers try for a win-lose. They must win at an all costs, in all circumstances, and it's never a sustainable solution to anything. Thank you. Yeah, indeed. Thanks so much, John. And uh, Charlotte, please maybe welcome you back for another question. You certainly can, Ellie. Um, We've got another live question from Salomon Hader. What is the best advice for a project manager to handle a team which isn't ready for change? Okay, yeah, a bit of change management question here guys okay Luca we'll come to you and then Sean and thanks well first of all explain to to them why you need to why the change is needed what the change will mean for every people in the room I mean everyone wants to understand what will be the impact of change personally not for the company, not for the project. Everyone wants to understand what the change means personally. And then uh, teach them what is needed to change. Maybe they are 
they have a fear of not being adequate for the changes. So maybe some sort of training is needed. Brilliant. Thanks, Luca. Uh, Sean, your thoughts, please. So well done, Luca. That was a, an amazing answer. So thank you so much for that. Um, I think, again, building on what Luca's already said, there might be a lot of fear and uncertainty. And um, if you haven't heard of the change curve, then look that up, because some people will progress through accepting the change more quickly than others. So we need to be aware of people that are struggling perhaps at that early stage of accepting the change and then moving through it. But training might be the answer um, and it might be again to think about those communication preferences. Some people need a lot of information when a change um, is being uh, given to them or enforced upon them. Um, and so think about the preferences of your team and try to meet each of the each of those preferences in how you support them through the change. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Sean? So much of what we've talked about today is about people and understanding how they approach things as well as managing the project. Um, Richard, your thoughts, please. Yes, when when you're facing resistance, um, I find that the best approach, uh, what I'd always recommend is speaking to people individually. I think trying to bring a group of people who are resistant along with you in one group is always going to be a challenge. So try to find ways to communicate with each person individually. Try and understand what's behind their motivation, what's their reluctance. It could be many of the points that both Luca and Sean have already mentioned, but everyone's got their own story. Explore it. Understand what they're a challenge might be and agree what little steps you might be able to take to move them forward, help them manage their own risk. And I think it's through that individual set of interactions, you'll eventually bring momentum in the team as a whole. As confidence of one or two people starts to grow, the rest will follow. Yeah, great advice. Thanks, Richard. Um, John, please finish us off on this question. Thanks. Inspired by Luca's contribution, I remember a very famous quote from an Italian novel called The Leopard, where a character says, if we want things to remain the same, some things will have to change. So what are your core values? If you're a business that's threatened by competition, you need to change, but you need to be telling the, the team that if we change, we will stay together as a team. So it's understanding the core values and communicating that the extent of the threat to that team is important. Yeah, great advice. Thanks, John. And thanks, Simon. I hope that was helpful. While you're watching on YouTube, do not forget to hit that subscribe button while you're there. And uh, Charlotte, we'll just welcome you back for another question, please. Ellie, the questions are flying in today. We've got a great audience. Um, and thank you for your compliments. The next question is from about live viewers, viewer, should I say. What are some common misconceptions about project management and how can I better understand the role? Okay, common misconceptions. Luca, kick us off on this one, please. Yes, the biggest misconception I have encountered working as a trainer is that a good technician can easily become a good project manager. This is simply not true. Uh, we have said before that the competencies needed are more in the people area and less in the technical area. So the role, the, the, the purpose of the role is to bring 
people together to reach a common objective, not doing something. Yeah, thanks, Luca. That is often a question that's come up before on Level Up, actually. Do you, as a project manager, do you need to understand the technical capabilities um, needed for the project? So maybe we can answer that one at another time. But Nick, your thoughts um, on this question, please. Well, yes, and, and thank you, Manash, for such a, a question. I, I think I'm going to be slightly controversial. I'm going to say one of the most common misconceptions I experience is that the time, cost, and quality constraints are the most important facet against which project managers need to work. And that's a misconception that's taught in many junior project management classes. I think what we need to do to better understand the role is to realize that projects are there to achieve the change already been alluded to, and importantly, the value that arises from that change. And the long-term future will not judge projects by whether they conformed to time, cost, and quality, but by the results that they achieved. And, And adopting that mindset doesn't mean that time, cost, and quality don't matter and are unimportant. They clearly do. But they're always going to be second fiddle to achieving the results that the the corporation has sponsored. So if if you're wondering about project management mindsets, my counsel would be think of the end game, not the constraints. Yeah, great advice. Thanks, Nick. Um, John, if you can close us out on this one, please. I think so much training and development activity in small organizations especially is about maintaining a status quo, maintaining the business as usual functions keeping the business going. But if that's all we do as a business, uh, there will be an eventual decline in the fortunes of that business. So project management is about, as people were saying on the panel, how you bring people together to have structured change so that the business continues to be viable. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, John. Um, And Charlotte, please, can we have you back for another question? You can, Ellie. We've got another live question um, from one of our viewers. Um, They ask, what are some alternative paths to gain experience in project management? Hey, thanks, viewers. You guys are are piling us with live questions today. It's brilliant. Keep the panel on their toes. So, Sean, um, can you help us out with this one, please? So I think there's a couple of ways you can gain experience. If you're not currently working in an organisation that that has any project management opportunities, then um, perhaps if you do any volunteer work with a charity, et cetera, there will definitely be some projects going on there. And it's a good safe space to try out some new skills and to develop your project management skills for something like that in a fundraising project, et cetera, et cetera, because they can be quite complicated and they'll give you um, that good stepping stone. Alternatively, if you're working in an organisation that has projects on the go, then ask for a secondment. There must be an opportunity somewhere to have a go um, in the projects uh, area. Or I think uh, it was John who mentioned shadowing people earlier on. Those are all really good ideas. So if you can't find it within the workplace, then think about any extra voluntary work or charity work that you might do where you can start a project off or um, then shadowing and secondments in an organisation. Yeah, lovely. Thanks, Sean. Nick, your thoughts, please. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm echoing Sean's sentiments in, in the sense that, um, yes, looking for experience outside your usual range is, is always helpful. So looking to external organisations, perhaps doing secondments um, and, and job placements if your organisation is, is uh, wealthy enough and, and liberal enough to allow you to do that sort of thing. 
But at the same time, don't overlook scanning your own uh, environment. I mean, sp- picking on very specific aspects of how projects get delivered. And the competency assessments we talked about earlier will start to reveal where you have strengths and weaknesses. For example, are you exposed to the full range of the product life, project lifecycle? You know, are you there from initiation to close down? Um, or are there gaps in your experiences there? If you start to model your competencies against a project lifecycle to identify um, potential weaknesses, you get a rich vein for development. So, you know, I, I, I haven't been involved in a lot of project initiation might be an issue. So how do I find my way into a project initiation workshop, either as a fly on the wall or as the scribe? And, and what lessons do I learn there? So it really is about proactively seeking the opportunities. Thanks, Nick. That's great. And uh, panel, you guys are really doing a great job of agreeing with each other today. Perhaps we need a question that will uh, spark some debate between you. And uh, I have a feeling we have one coming in next. <laughs> so Charlotte, please, can you come back for the next question? Uh, yeah, should I hide when I ask this next question? Um, the question is from Chris, Chris Smith. There are so many project management qualifications. Which one should I choose? There are so many qualifications, Chris, you're correct. Let's start with Luca and then we'll go Richard and then Sean, please. Oh yes, uh, it's me. Okay, sorry. Uh, yes, I would. Uh, apart from the famous uh, names of global qualification, I would like to point out that uh, there are many uh, open source standard coming out. Uh, the first that comes to my mind uh, is uh, PM Square, coming from the European Community, and uh, also. Uh, the, the praxis framework is also very good. Uh, I would like to point out these two because they are not proprietary. They are based on open source material that you can uh, read, choose, and then decide if uh, to, to, to obtain a qualification or not. Yeah, great answer. Thank you, Luca. Richard, your PM qualifications of choice. Well, from the Agile Business Consortium, our focus is taking topics, you know, project management is the biggest single area that we're working in today. And our Agile project management qualifications are the largest, the most popular ones that we we are out there supporting today. So depends very much on the nature of the projects that you are embarking upon. But those individuals and organizations who have been asking for the Agile uh, project management-based um, certifications, they've wanted to apply project management skills to really dynamic, volatile, uncertain, complex project domains. And that's the, that's the sector that we serve extremely well. So that really boils down to your understanding of where, your career, where you want your career to take you, whether that's the nature of the projects that you're doing. Now, our the agile project management so you've got agile project management foundation and practitioner then you've got the agile project manager of a scrum which is the latest one that has come out in this area are very much geared towards those sorts of volatile complex ambiguous projects that i was describing but they build on skills that you would have picked the way you've picked up from other qualifications as well so they're not an exclusive one they don't push out other qualifications or certifications you can get around project management, but they build on 
to enable you to apply that in those types of projects. So if that's right for you, I would recommend those qualifications. Yeah, I think that's such great advice, Richard. I think, um, you know, not that we're advocating badge collecting, but, you know, it is great to get a, a broad portfolio of qualifications so that you can you know, decide on how you're going to apply what method to whatever initiative it is you're working on. Um, so, Sean, we're coming to you next on this one. Thank you. Thanks very much, Ellie. Yeah, I think that one thing to consider is where do you see your working career being? So if you're predominantly going to be working with US-based businesses um, and uh, in that kind of field and maybe that geographic area, then the prevailing qualification there is obviously PMI. That's the most popular one in, in that geographic area. So does that support you in the UK? You might think again about a different set of qualifications if that's the case. We work with a lot of European businesses and their preferred qualification set is the International Project Management Association qualifications, which build very much on competence, taking people all the way from associate project manager level all the way up to senior project program portfolio director level. Um, I think those are excellent certifications because they are competence-based and they do give you a very, very good pathway through your career. And I think that's why so many of the large multinational businesses that we work with have chosen them. But things like Agile are not taught in those. So you definitely expand. Don't um, hang on to something that's pretty much methodology-based. Um, you can you, you will need lots of different methodologies when you go through your career because most businesses have their own methodology, which might be based on some of Agile, might be based on some of Waterfall. So think about um, the competence sets as well as the method um, elements. And yeah, not the badge collecting, Ellie, but all of them have something to bring to your career. Yeah, thanks, Sean. That's really helpful. Uh, John, over to you on this one, please. Well, as a trainer of apprentices in the UK, you would expect me to put in a plug for UK apprenticeships. You can uh, study at entry level, middle level, and also at degree level. The advantage of apprenticeships is you're earning and learning at the same time. Um, and there are generic qualifications that can be fitted to most types of organisation. Um, and to pick up on Sean's point, there will be particular bits of expertise, depending on where you want to go to, where unique uh, qualifications also apply and think about them as well. Yeah, thanks, John. Nick, can you just close us off on this one, please? Yes, uh, thank you very much. And, and, and without getting completely theoretical on this one, Chris, uh, the research done shows that the competences for project management move them through um, a, an experience where they learn and apply methodologies. And ultimately, methodologies start to fail because they can't legislate for high levels of complexity, as Richard indicated earlier in, in the show. Uh, and so when you move into much richer areas of complexity, you become more dependent on um, judgment and your ability to formulate sound judgments, that is essentially rifling through a bank of experience and different technical knowledge to come to a solution, which is a, a preface to saying all qualifications are valuable, but, but what are they actually qualifying you for is an interesting question when you're examining them. If they are essentially knowledge tests, methodology-based qualifications, they will help you in the earlier reaches of your career. As you move up 
uh, and, and gain competence, you're looking for the sorts of qualifications that will give you judgment. So things like the APM Chartered Project Professional, which is an assessment of you having successfully professionally practiced and so on, become more relevant. So I would say shop very carefully. They all come with an opportunity and financial cost. Um, and, and think about what you're trying to demonstrate and build. Are you trying to demonstrate and build knowledge or are you trying to demonstrate and build experience and, and pick qualifications appropriately? Yeah, Chris, thanks for that one. I wondered when somebody was going to say uh, chartered project professional. We made it 48 minutes into the building your career in project management without anybody saying chartered project professional. So uh, so thanks for bringing that up. Um, so, Chris, yeah, choosing a certification as well that, that is a pathway to that um, uh, chartered project professional is a good long-term view to consider. Thanks for that. Great question and brilliant answers from a whole panel that time. Um, so, Charlotte, can we welcome you back for another question, please? You can, Ellie. Um, this is our live, uh, last live question. Um, what are some emerging trends or technologies in project management and how can I stay up to date with them? Okay, great. Emerging technologies. Luca, start us off on this one, please. Uh, yes, I think that uh, the, the um, emerging technology this time for project managers is AI, uh, especially large language models. And uh, you can find more information uh, uh, from almost every, um, every intellectual property provider like uh, PMI or uh, whatever. And uh, mentioning Praxis Framework, they are doing, uh, they are starting a very interesting experiment in which they are trying to put all the methods of, uh, and all the materials of a specific company into a large language model with the aim of obtaining a system for asking help on a project and receiving help not from a book, but directly from an IA, especially trained. So uh, you can check the, the, the Praxis framework, they are working on that. That's a super interesting, um, evolving thing, isn't it, Luca? I've been watching that on LinkedIn. So if you head over to LinkedIn, Manesh, if you're interested in following that one um, and follow Praxis Framework on LinkedIn, you'll be able to keep up to date with the information about that as it advances. Uh, John, your thoughts, please. I just wanted to add that there's some really good podcasts out there that, that it's worth following. Podcasts are great because you can be driving or traveling and listen to podcasts and uh, Keep up to date with latest thinking from some industry leaders using that. Thank you. Excellent advice. And of course, you can listen to Level Up and all of the episodes as podcasts as well. Um, so catch up with us um, on your favorite podcast channel. Okay, Charlotte, please join us again then for another question. Um, there's lots to choose from, Ellie, and I'm trying to um, find a really good one to end the show with. And I think it's this one from Chris Smith. What is the best advice you have had for building your own project management career? Okay, some advice that you've had as a panel. Interesting. Okay, Sean, kick us off on this one, please. 
So I really like this question. Thank you for asking it. So the best advice um, I had was actually from my own father, my lovely father, who was in fact a miner and not uh, a project manager. However, his advice was, as you go through your career, remember everybody that helped you on your way up. Don't, um, if you get promoted to a role, don't don't um, forget that people supported you to get there. Keep those relationships, keep them building. And they will be there if your career sadly takes um, a dip or a downturn or a direction you weren't planning. So it's basically back to that relationships and engagement, remembering that um, people are there to support you, particularly in the early stages, and uh, to always be grateful and to keep in touch with them as you, as you will hopefully you know meet them again on your career journey. Yeah, great advice. Thanks so much, Sean. Um, over to you, Nick. Well, I, I, I wish Sean's father had been about for me because I like that advice. Um, what, what I found helpful really um, was was the advice that you should shouldn't stop exploring new ideas, keep looking for new experiences, and pushing the boundaries of what you do because it'll pay dividends one way or another. Um, yeah, and I, I think that's really it in a nutshell. Yeah, thank you, Nick. Okay, Richard, finish us off on this one for Chris, please. Yeah, I was thinking hard about this, but the it wasn't so much a piece of advice, but a question someone asked me. And they asked me when I was very young, what active decisions have I made that have shaped my career to this point? And at the age of probably my early 20s, I'd realized I had not made a single conscious decision about where I was today. I'd taken the path of least resistance and almost made judgments on the spot. And it was that conscious recognition of the fact that, ah, oh, I should be projecting ahead. I should be thinking where I want to be and not leading it to, leaving it to fate, but actively taking control of this. And what are the things I can do now to take me in that direction? Which really what this whole podcast is all about. How do we develop our careers? But it's thinking, envisioning where you might be at some future point and what are the stepping stones you might take to get you there. So that was the most profound thing, most profound question I ever had. Yeah, thanks, Rich. That's great. We are, we are going to squeeze in one more question because uh, we've got so many coming in from the audience. So we'll squeeze in this last question and we'll give a super quick answer um, before we wrap up for the day. Charlotte, our last question. Thanks. Thanks, Ali. Um, what do you see as the major changes in the way that projects are managed? Okay, major changes in the way projects are managed um, over your careers in project management. Nick, we'll come to you for this one, please. Uh, it, 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 sound, it seems to me almost to be trivial because I don't think the fundamental principles have changed since I started, and that was longer ago than I'd care to remember. I mean, the, the fundamental approaches to management, clarity of purpose and focus, and all of those principles remain sound and consistent and, and don't vary from one project or one generation to the next. But what clearly hasn't demonstrably changed is the acceleration of technology and its application in the project environment, not just for building and growing a new technology and adopting agile type approaches and moving businesses into change at a greater pace, but actually the technology itself, um, enabling remote working, mobile communications, and, and the representation of data and information in, in forceful and, and rapid fashions at much reduced cost. So the real changes for me that I see are around the technology. And, and, and it's 
it's, I'm not being dismissive saying this is trivial stuff. It clearly isn't. It's important. But the principles remain sound and solid, or else I'm just a dinosaur. <laughs> no, indeed, I totally agree. Richard, what's your thoughts, please? So the, the major changes in the way the project man, projects are managed these days seem to be driven very much by organizations having allowing for the idea of intent. This is the direction we want to go. And as a project manager, you're no longer having this is exactly what it is you you are doing, but you are in a process which is about discovering what is valuable. What at any one time? And we live in a dynamic world. Everything is constantly in flux. So even what was the most valuable thing at the start of the project very rarely is the most valuable thing at the end of the project. And an effective, you know, for organizations that are looking for their project managers to be that flexible, to recognize the fact that things do change, circumstances do change. And so it is this recognition that projects need to be flexible or the project managers need to be flexible and constantly learn and allow the team to redefine what is most valuable as they go through the project and adapt the project as they go along. Yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you, Richard. And um, wow, what an audience today. Thanks, guys. So much activity going on in the chat and so many live questions coming in. You guys have been brilliant. So a <clears> great <throat> job. And if your question was asked, um, do watch out for your name in the credits. So, panel, um, it's time for your uh, closing remarks. And we will begin with Sean, please. So thanks so much for the opportunity to be on the panel. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely loved all the quite tricky questions coming in from the audience today. And if you are thinking about project management as a career, I started my career in IT and went on to project management from the early 80s. And it's been a great, fun career. It's always about change. It's always evolving. And I really can't recommend a career path more strongly than project management for you all. Yeah, lovely. Thanks, Sean. Richard, your thoughts on today's show? Well, it was it was fascinating to have uh, to listen to the discussion from the from the panelists with so much diverse experience, and I, I like to think that everyone shared a few nuggets with the audience to give them some useful hints as to how to progress their career. I wish I could start mine again. I would have picked up a few uh, useful hints here, but thank you very much, Ellie. Yeah, it's never too late, Richard. <laughs> um, okay, John, your thoughts on today's show? Uh, great show, as always. Um, organizations are giving a lot of tasks to very stressed middle managers, uh, which are projects, but they're not giving them any training to, in project management. So I think the first thing people should do is have a look at Praxis Framework website. was a really good competency tool where you can evaluate that organization's capacity to do projects and to change generally because that's where it all starts, is what can we do? What do we need to learn? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, John. Luca, your thoughts on today's show, please. Uh, well, it was a, a great a great show. I took a lot of notes. I learned a lot from my fellow panelists. Uh, my final remark, uh, project management is a big part of the human experience since the Tower of Babel, I mean. So I think that uh, it is a fascinating adventure and I hope uh, we have motivated someone to follow through this experience. 
Yeah, lovely. Thank you, Luca. And finally, Nick, your thoughts on the show for today. Well, Ellie, thank you. And and um, I think I, I want to go just full circle and, and start uh, finish where I started, but but using some of the reinforcement of, of my fellow panelists and, and particularly Richard's um, really interesting advice of think actively about what you're going to do about your future. I mean, it's your career and your development path for you to manage. It's as simple as that. And and my my closing thought is, uh, I think it's been present in most of the answers, is you, you need to think about how you're going to progress and then proactively work out how you achieve that. Is it knowledge I need to build at this stage in my career or is it experience or a balance of the two? And how do I how do I incorporate that into my work life and improve my overall competence in project management. Um, what a great discussion to take that forward. Uh, absolutely. Um, thanks so much, panellists. You've been fabulous today and a, a plethora of great advice um, for our uh, viewers. Uh, so well done, everybody. So audience. Um, oh, sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry, Charlotte. I forgot about you. Um, Charlotte, your thoughts on today's show, please. Out, Fantastic outside, show. Out. I'm sorry. <laughs> a fantastic show and i'm sorry to our viewers for the questions that we couldn't get through today but thank you to all our viewers we can't do these shows without you and more importantly to our panelists thank you so much for your time and contributions and your valuable information today thank you lovely thanks charlotte Okay, so audience, over on our website, you can search for the answers to over 2,000 uh, questions that we've had on the Level Up shows. It's a free resource which connects you from experts all over um, around the world, so please do go and check that out. And don't forget, you can also listen to the audio versions of the shows on your preferred podcast platform. We have another couple of uh, great shows coming up next week. On Monday, the 23rd of October, we'll be looking at why writing a business case is um, an important. And on Friday, the 27th of October, our topic is how to become a change leader. Also, in a couple of weeks, on the 15th of November, we'll be running a webinar entitled We Love Praxis Framework. Um, you've heard a bit about this today, uh, but the Praxis Framework provides a great pathway for project management for individuals, teams and organisations. So come along to that event and hear more about what Praxis could do for you. Don't forget to register with us and we'll send you a personal summary of what's coming up and how you can join us here on the panel and level up your career with APMG. Thanks, everyone. See you on the next show.